Every day that goes by, thousands of unsolved cases are dismissed. Missing and murdered indigenous women and girls are completely brushed off and played as just a coincidence. 25% of homicide victims are indigenous women. This has never only been a personal issue. This is an ongoing genocide towards the indigenous women globally being targeted. The treatment they continue to receive only proves to show the true values of the people there. My name is Amy Dang, and you're listening to The Talk, where I'll be analyzing the breakdown of the treatment towards Indigenous women internationally. What I wanted to focus on today is the government responses to the missing and murdered Indigenous women. I think that their action plan says a lot about their norms and values. So starting off, I researched the surface level about the Cham community in Cambodia, and I found that in the article by Knowledge Bylanes, it covered a police suspect for the killing of a Cham woman. And the woman's name was Tim Hysack, and she was a pregnant 24-year-old who was found 200 meters away from her home. From her autopsy, the suspect showed to use her hijab to strangle her, um, resulting in her neck being broken. And when a man and woman was questioned, they presented a connection to purposefully bringing this young woman to meet the suspect, but somehow the suspect was tipped off and he fled. The fact that the suspect was tipped off and was given the time to flee before the police could continue their investigation and question him shows the direct hate crime towards this Cham woman. This can be connected to how the citizens and fellow people in their village care more about protecting the suspected man than bringing justice to this woman. Not to mention the fact that they were supposed to test the hair under her fingernails and thumbnails and hijab, but the police chief in Tabongkum, which was a province in Cambodia, refused to make a comment. And that was the last we've heard about this case. They said three years ago that the police were still investigating, yet when I search up the name of this young lady, there's no sign of her. As if her death meant nothing. And I find it astounding that not only does the government prove not to be actively pinpointing this man down, but the media suppresses these cries for justice because it either isn't relevant enough or the people of the country or village are trying to hide these attacks against indigenous women. Another article spoke about was a Cambodian man who pretended to be an agent in order to persuade these two sisters who were 28 and 18 years old um, in order to come with him to Malaysia to get a job, but instead he tortured and raped them at his home. They were both Khmer Muslims who parents were told that they would secure a job for them and all their expenses would be covered by him. But when they got there, he kept them in his house, did not let them leave or work. They were abused and he shaved their heads bald and he even asked them to marry him. And I can't imagine how he responded when they refused. He thought as if he was owed everything from them. And if he did not get what he wanted, he would throw a tantrum. Shaving their heads bald completely degrades them as a woman, especially because they were Muslim. Covering their hair was for the modesty and to be shown and seen by their husband and family. But by completely shaving their heads, he degraded their values. And that just baffles me that this man, and even the perpetrator accused in the previous article, feels as if they need to prove their dominance against women, as if it's a war between genders and who's superior, who's inferior when that's not the case. And even in third world countries, there 
are cases in first world countries like in Canada there are over a hundred a thousand plus indigenous women that have gone missing or have been murdered and that's only numbers that we know of there are hundreds of women lives that have been taken yet have gone unnoticed there was 365 cases remaining unsolved and the question is where is the police where is the investigators what are they even doing to bring justice to these women these indigenous women names are not said loud enough and upon doing some research i came upon the site that was called um, taken and i absolutely loved the efforts that the series had put in to commemorate the lives of these women when others refused to um, also talking about one case, um, we were luckily um, un- granted the ability to talk to this guest speaker um, that talked about her sister, Sonia Nadine Mai Saiwink, I think, and she went missing in the mid-August of 1994, and her body was found um, August 30th same year and this injustice brought attention towards the lack of effort that has been put in to follow through with the 231 calls for justice there's no plan and especially with the pandemic going on they plan to postpone the action which really only puts indigenous women at a further risk dealing with the coronavirus um, the government is treating the calls to action as suggested implementations when they are legal obligations, yet they continue to push it back. But there will never be a perfect time to do something. It's the matter of determination and desire to do so. And the con- government continues to show time after time that they do not prioritize these calls. Even seen in Guatemala, we watched a documentary in my Indigenous Studies class, and the issue of Indigenous women in Central America was the empowerment that society has given for men to take and has allowed them to stay at the top of the hierarchy, which essentially belittles women. Um, The movie was called Killer's Paradise, and it spoke about the numerous murdered Indigenous women that have been ignored by the justice system there, but the president of Guatemala dismisses those facts and continues to turn a blind eye and by doing so he's only enabling this behavior among the citizens of Guatemala on top of that it's evidently visible that the men here also believe that it is the woman's fault that they were raped or murdered because they were asking for it this perception of the issue is completely ignorant and fixed and the government chooses not to address the issue at hand which continues to feed into this mindset. They also place the duty of finding the murderer in the family's hand. And the investigators do little to nothing to bring justice to these young girls. And I can't imagine that the trauma they have to go through losing their daughter or sister or friend and not knowing who did it or why or anything like that. And just the ignorance baffles me. And... It just continues to add on to this misogynistic view and shows how fixed they are to thinking that it's the women's fault. When the real issue here is that the men here think they are stronger and superior and they can't keep it in their pants. What also needs to be taken into account is the past and present to be able to analyze the worldviews of the people from the country 
that these indigenous women are residing in. Um, just looking at the Cambodia, one of their time periods that was pretty dark was the Kimaru genocide that happened in 1976, which essentially the state of democratic Kampucha um, aimed to hold a classless communist state. And they targeted the ethnic Vietnamese and Cham Muslims, as well as hundreds of thousands educated middle class were tortured and murdered in special centers and because they relied on a social rank to classify these citizens they wanted to control over every part of the people's lives which included the increase of population to ensure the continuation of Khmer Rouge brainwashed children women were threatened to marry and have sex with their husbands to reproduce and if they refused they were raped by either their husbands or the officers as a punishment that mindset in reproducing for their benefit could have an effect on the minds of many citizens in Cambodia to essentially just feeling that power of dominance. These Kimaru's children that were born during this genocide could have been greatly affected by the way they were raised during these times that made them believe that it was okay to see their father force their mother into sexual intercourse or any sorts of acts without any consent. What a child sees as they grow up is important, and essentially they copy who they have known their whole lives and who they look up to. So it wouldn't be surprising that they think that these, what their father is doing to their mother and any other female is okay. And especially during the childhood times, it's really a big root cause to how people may be... Um, growing up now and what they believe in now because it's what they see and what they have been taught and what they were raised as. We can also see this with the colonization in Canada. In the past, the the Indian Act was created in order to force indigenous people to assimilate to the Western culture and just follow their policies and overall set them separate them from their roots. And since it was created, um, there were multiple chains altered to it, but before Mary Two Acts Early, which was a female activist, had helped form an alliance in order to defeat the this section of the Indian Act, which essentially discriminated against indigenous women. Um, they stripped away their status if they were to marry a non-indigenous man. And this section promoted the following of the male descent, which really just says that we are going to follow whatever the man says and identifies as, regardless of what the women blood is. Um, and everything falls under the man's duty and responsibility, which yet again gives them the power over all other. Not to mention the fact that the myth, the media is withholding the unjust treatment towards women. The media covers what is in and what's interesting, but they disregard the multiple young indigenous women that have been targeted. Not to mention in the third world countries, they block out the media, such as with the president of Guatemala. He says that the police force is working to bring justice and that their laws in place are working but it's not. He doesn't want the outside world to know what is going on. And I feel as if this all has a connection to what the society has been promoting that what a man looks like, what a man means, and essentially feeding into this toxic masculinity that a man has to be superior and they're strong and all of this and that. When 
that doesn't mean you are degrading women. You're putting them as lower and their values are completely corrupt. And you can also see this with the current issue that has been pretty big right now with the Sarah Everett's case, um, which was essentially like a brief overview of it was this 30 year 33-year-old woman was walking home and she was kidnapped and murdered by a police force. And that goes on to release um, a statistic that said that 97% of women have been sexually harassed or assaulted in the UK. And since then, a lot of um, young females and women all around the world have been stepping up and talking about their experience their trauma and what they have faced with men and making them feel uncomfortable and feeling as if they were um, targeted because they were a female and they were minding their own business they're not doing anything yet they are targeted and I just find that crazy and indigenous women are continue to also be more vulnerable especially with their past and present and how the government and society views them as like inferior and it just goes to show like who can we trust because if we can't trust the people that are supposed to protect us the police the government then who are we to look towards who are we supposed to feel safe and it's completely difficult to be able to find yourself and protect yourself when you can't trust anyone to wrap this up what we need to look at is the way indigenous women are treated poorly and it's no doubt that they are targeted they are singled out and they continue to be murdered and kidnapped and assaulted as days pass by but the countries are not responding they say they are for the pressed but where's the action to back it up this societal system and hierarchy continues to keep white men in power and everyone beneath them and that's proven you see the presidents you see prime ministers and any other thing it's white men and their values and priorities are not to the women being harassed. It's to the economy, to what makes people spend money and think that this country is picture perfect. When that's not the case, there's so many things that are being hidden um, from the media, from everybody else that we don't know that is going on. And it really is up to us to hold them accountable and be an advocate for the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls globally because our voice is much more than we think. And we can do so much as a collective. And as we group together and advocate for all of these um, women, we can make a change. And that's what I wanted to leave you guys off with. And I wanted you to think about the worldview and your worldview. What are your values? What are your morals? And how can you help? Thank you.